0: Welcome, everyone, to Deprogrammed on Unsafe Space. This is our Thanksgiving Day special. Carrie and I are off having our respective Thanksgivings today. But we did pre-record this for all of you. And uh, with a little bit of a Thanksgiving theme, as always, you can follow us at Unsafe Show on Twitter. You can go to unsafeshow.com. You can go to patreon.com slash space. What else? Carrie, we have Facebook and that kind of stuff. Uh,
1: yeah, you can go to Facebook uh, Deprogrammed and also Facebook Unsafe Space.
0: Awesome. Well, welcome uh, to our Thanksgiving Day special, Carrie.
1: Thank you, Carter.
0: We want to.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, we are robotic.
1: <laughs> I don't know why now that we're recording it, I've, it's more awkward than it was when we did it live. <laughs> I know. That's okay. We can
0: just... Uh, we'll pretend it's live. I don't like editing, so yeah. I'll leave this part in yeah. and we'll pretend it's live. Yeah, so, be good. Cool. We came up with a couple things we wanted to talk about. Um, partly, we kind of we're starting to think about uh, Thanksgiving as this opportunity... Well, if you look in the news... so I said I was going to start with the other article, Carrie, but I kind of want to at least give some context here. So... At more in the past few years, but even this year, there's all this all this stuff from the left about, t- like, for example, 10 tips for trolling your Trump-supporting relatives this Thanksgiving t- 2018 edition, and there's a lot more in, in previous years, and Thanksgiving has become this time where uh, the left faints about how horrible it's going to have to be. To go talk to their family because they might wear MAGA hats or some of them might have voted for Trump or whatever, um, and so there are these lists that came out. I maybe we should just start by walking through the silly list about ten tips for yeah. trolling your Trump-supporting relatives, and then we can yeah. kind of talk about stuff that we think actually the you know the the crazy feminist SJW cousin of yours might actually bring up at the table and and some things to talk yeah. about there. So. But I'm going to read – so this is by Amanda uh, Dybert. She's the – it says Vice President of Al Gore's 24 Hours of Reality. I don't know what that is, but uh, apparently it was successful enough for her to put in her title. So 10 New York Times number one bestseller. It does say that, but that's love is love, right? Or is that her phrase? I can't tell – oh, 24 Hours of Reality is a New York Times bestseller. That's what she's saying. She doesn't use a lot of punctuation here. Because it also says writer, vice president, which I believe is two separate titles. Um, anyway, she writes a lot. She's a good writer, and she writes she writes a lot about this kind of stuff. And she, in fact, she's got a, a melodramatic letter to uh, Trump supporters. But anyway, uh, those always work. Yeah, they're great. It's uh, you say you love me, but you don't. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you hurt me. Your silence is violence and Carrie.
1: And your words are violence. And your
0: words are violence. You're, They're both, your you're just violent. Is violence. Yeah, everything about you is violent. Um, so can I, her- I say
1: something about this article quickly as you yeah. start to get into it? Yeah. Before she even gets to the rules, uh, I like that she says, I can hear my feedback, by the way.
0: Oh, I should turn you down. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, so before she even gets to the rules, she says, first and foremost, prioritize your self care. And then in the 2018 version, she says that too. And I I just, that is so classically SJW. They're always talking about self-care. It's part of that thing about like not having enough spoons to do emotional labor.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there is this. um, I think we talked about this the other day, but there's this uh, conflation of, uh, quote, emotional trauma and like emotional trauma due to sorry there's a conflation of emotional trauma due to physical things happening and someone saying bad things to you and they're kind of the same it's like ah ben shapiro's coming or that's the same as like a tornado destroyed my house like there's the same there's like no they're both equally devastating so and harmful yeah and then she says do what you can do
1: what you need stand your ground but only provoke as much as you feel safe and comfortable this is an article about trolling people but you need to prioritize your self-care. There's something kind of hypocritical there. It's like, this is how to uh, antagonize people at Thanksgiving and be petty. But take care of yourself.
0: Yeah, no, that's a really good point. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, right? It's uh, it's like, it's written specifically like how to troll. Yeah. But, but like, but be make sure, sure you're taking care of sure yourself. Make sure you have some chamomile tea and a nice hot bath. <laughs> um, So... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's also there was actually an article in GQ that says – when was this article? I guess it was from last Thanksgiving, but it says, it's your civic duty to ruin Thanksgiving for your Trump-supporting family members. It's just like, – <laughs> oh my God, some people. Anyway, They're so petty. I know. Okay. So th- that was my big takeaway from her tips. Let's go through her 10 tips. Yeah. Number one is donate to Native American charities. And when you and I read this, Carrie and I, we were like, oh, why and? would that bother us? understand
1: i mean i i i'm not a trump voter just declared it for anybody who's new to watching the show um but i i don't have any trump voting relatives who would be why would they think trump voters would be offended that you donated to a charity it's like cool you donated to a charity awesome
0: yeah i (laughs) don't know that one i just don't understand um but that's going to make me talk more later about this uh the myth of the noble savage savage which i think Mm -hmm. um it's good to have because people are going to likely bring up Native Americans and oppressive white people and small pox, pox blankets and crap yes. at Thanksgiving, and so it's uh, it'll be important to understand that. But that's her first one, which is like well, it's a stupid way to troll. Like, go ahead, spend all of your money donating to charities. Why would I here's, care?
1: Here's a good answer for that. If she, if your if your SJW relative at Thanksgiving tells you that she donated to a Native American charity in your name. Ask her why she gave money to Elizabeth Warren's 2020
0: campaign. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, you could kind of give to any white person and just be like, yeah, they've probably got a little bit of Native American blood, just like Elizabeth Warren. It's fine.
1: As much as Elizabeth Warren does, yeah.
0: Yeah. So the next one is make sure your gratitude list is fully loaded, which didn't seem like a troll to me until I read it. And it was like, again, this was just like petty stuff. Make sure you say things like, you're thankful that we can all sit here together, like unlike the thousands of terrified children who are still separated from their parents at the border. Right. Like, and move on to Robert Mueller and end with, I'm thankful that I never attended a party with Kavanaugh. Right. Um, It's, uh. it's, first of all, it's passive aggressive. It's, and it's insanely childish. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, to the point of, I mean, the next one reminds me of finger painting. So let's just, it's like it's not actually, but all I can imagine is finger paints. It says the number three is create a seasonal holiday calendar, and it says use your handprints to make a giant turkey. That's the first sentence there, and I, I just thought like, <laughs> my daughter stopped doing that around kindergarten. I don't know, <laughs> like, that's I, what the hell. um And draw a bubble, a thought bubble on the turkey that says I like beer. It's just so. I mean, no wonder they're bad at memes. These are horrible. These are
1: horrible. Anytime a family member brings up a passive-aggressive comment about anything you've ever done in your life that they don't approve of, consult the calendar and say, sorry, mom, if I'd actually done that, I am sure I would have written it on my calendar.
0: Yeah, I don't... And, And also, it's funny to me that, like, Passive-aggressive is used derogatorily in this fucking list, which is like... Which is a passive-aggressive <laughs> it's list. a whole... It's like, <laughs> if you don't have the guts to actually have debates with your family, do these passive-aggressive annoying things and act yeah. like a child. It's like, uh, okay. Um, including making with the, make to make a giant turkey. I don't, yeah.
1: yeah, it's a very childish list. And it's essentially a way to, like you said, to avoid having actual discussions with relatives who disagree with you it's like these are ways to just uh act like a petulant child yeah and talk talk about projection you know she's assuming that if you have relatives who voted for trump they're gonna say passive aggressive things to you why would you think that is it because
0: you're passive aggressive well her (laughs) family's probably passive aggressive because she's she's she surrounds herself with passive aggressive people this is how she communicates and how she recommends you communicate to people um I mean, at, at least the, G art, the GQ article was like, you know, you have a few options. Don't go. <laughs> like, I think it was the GQ. I mean, GQ. I want to a different one. But it was like, at least not going is less passive aggressive. It's just like, you know, walking in and saying, screw you all. I'm not coming. And like, okay, fine. Uh, anyway, so, that, so, so number four. Oh God, I can't believe I'm reading this. Build the festive <laughs> toadstool centerpiece. Uh, again. Again. This is elementary school, right? This it's it's elementary school. I don't, you know, draw one from Mario Kart. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand this one. What's the what's the joke here? Stormy Daniels said that Trump's penis was shaped like the mushroom from Mario Kart, and oh, uh, apparently
1: somehow I managed to go this long without. I'm sorry, that. Carrie.
0: Uh, <laughs> I apologize for telling you that just now. Forgive me.
1: That's okay. Oh, wait. Hold on. Dogs. Carter, we might have to edit these doggies out. Hold on.
0: I don't know. Should I edit the dogs out? I guess if you voted for Trump, you're supposed to be embarrassed or. uh, Yeah, I guess you're supposed to be embarrassed that Stormy Daniels thinks Trump's penis looks like a mushroom.
1: I think what this is telling me is that she doesn't really understand her Trump voting relatives at all.
0: I don't think she voting relatives, First of all, uh, but yes, but she, she doesn't understand. It's
1: that. like you're writing—you're writing this list to offend a person who doesn't exist. Like I don't know anybody who would be <laughs> who would be so like, oh, you made a toadstool centerpiece i mean i would be like like i just said what does that even mean
0: <laughs> yeah no i would honestly if if she did all this stuff at a thanksgiving hour so i would document all of it i would think it's it's hilarious funny. It, it not in the way she wants it to be funny um right yeah number five again i mean i just think the context you should have with this list is is elementary school number five draw a fun michael cohen flipbook. when was the last time you drew a flip book carrie
1: i mean yes this is a she's like a child and i don't know it's crazy
0: an action-packed spice, flip book
1: <laughs> spice up your table settings with fun for the whole family an action-packed flip book where we see a michael cohen stick figure throwing donald trump under a bus before heading off to jail end it with stick figure cohen reminding everyone to vote democratic
0: what? first of all <laughs> it's vote democrat i just want to clarify it's the Democrat oh. Party, not the Democratic Party. She um,
1: says Democratic. <laughs> yes. Uh, it doesn't. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't. I don't... I, it's. Uh, I mean, I guess. I guess the the Trump supporter is supposed to. I mean, if you think about it, this is. Uh, does she expect the other side to do similar things? Like, if it is a Trump supporter supposed to take a little flip book of like, here's here's Donald Trump throwing Elizabeth Warren under a bus, ha ha ha. ha that. does You know, it
1: kind of reminds me of so growing up my family. I'm from South Carolina and we were really huge Clemson Tiger fans. Um, and and, you know, my dad went to Clemson. My grandfather's was just like the family school was, you know, we always went to all the games. And then my aunt Dixie married a guy who uh, from USC and in the real USC, which is University of South Carolina. Um, and so not the film school. <laughs> yes correct and it's a. it was this huge so every year we would we the the clemson carolina game would happen right around thanksgiving and we would go to um my grandma had this uh, uh trailer on the lake that we could use for holidays and stuff and based on whoever won we would play pranks on each other like the clemson fans would either get there early and decorate the whole trailer for clemson or they would get there and decorate the whole trailer for carolina but this 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 lady's list is kind of like it's like a trickster prankster thing in that regard it's like here are some ways to, you know, set up the trailer to really piss off your Trump voting relatives. Kind
0: of, I but mean, it's not even good at that. Like, if this was the Clemson side and you're... Yeah, there's... Like, if you're on the USC side and this is Clemson, you would be, like... <laughs> you guys are it's lame. Not in,
1: it's not in good sport. She doesn't like these relatives that she's doing this to. Yeah, It's not like... She's also not good at it.
0: Yeah, that's true. And that's what... I mean, like, I. this is you trying to troll. So, the next one is... I told you so, placemats. You're supposed to print out this letter that she wrote, which is the one I described this kind of melodramatic, Dear Trump supporters who say they love me. Um, and print it out. Highlight every prediction that has come true so far. Spoiler, it's all of them. I've read them. That it's not all of them. And that she doesn't even really have explicit predictions. And her, her the, the evidence of them coming true are like, you know, see, he's mean. Um, then laminate them to use as placemats. So, but the, the second part of this one I actually like. She says, or skip Thanksgiving altogether and mail that letter as your why I'll not be attending. And I think that's the best idea of all of these because you can use the letter for kindling to have a nice fire in the fireplace. on, And uh, and you don't yeah. have to deal with your SJW relative. Um, number seven, Moscow Mueller cocktails. Nice pun. <laughs> God, grow up. Serve uh, these
1: drinks in the traditional copper mugs, but add a tiny umbrella. Throw the umbrella on the ground and leave it blowing in the wind. Surely someone else will know what to do with it.
0: I think he, like, dropped his umbrella at some point because it was windy. I'm not sure. But. who?
1: Why? Why does. That's why are so these embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't even get. That's that's when you know you've failed, you're trying to troll, but the person doesn't get the references you make. It's like mushroom, umbrella.
0: I I don't know. I I feel like – I just thought of a better way to troll them back. You could actually – all the things that they – you could find the list of all the things they hate about Trump, and you can probably find Obama saying everything that uh, they think is horrible that Trump has said because it's all – you know. Eight years ago, the Democrats were arguing for a wall and border security (laughs) and, you know, the Clintons were uh, anti-gay marriage. Trump actually wasn't even then, I don't think. But anyway, okay. Number eight. The perfect playlist. Tell everyone you are going to throw on some mood music while you eat. Then hit play on your What Happened audiobook. (laughs) This one makes me laugh. <laughs> is what happened Hillary's book? Is that 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 is?
1: Yes, it is. Which I always thought that's such a funny name for that book. It's like also because there's that joke where people would say, like, what had happened? <laughs> like when you're trying to explain something in a roundabout way, yeah, uh, in a convoluted way. I just think that I don't know that's sad. If I had a relative do this and it, it just, it was just, I would feel bad for them.
0: This is why like Hillary, so- this is why the Democrats, the title is reflective of why. The Democrats are having trouble, though. It's a passive title, right? It's not why mean? I lost. Yeah. It's what happened.
1: Yeah, what happened. It's very passive. Um, well, I saw her doing promotion for it. Um, some of the interviews she was doing, and she would, they would say something like, Well, there even if they asked her, was there anything that you did that you could have done differently?" She would kind of brush past that quickly and then go into all the reasons that had nothing to do with her. Right. Why she lost. Yeah. Russia. There's, yeah, yeah, there's no self reflection there. At yeah, all.
0: none. But I think that's that's um normal for the for the extreme left anyway. Okay, number nine. Score big during the game. I you know what, I forgot that there was football on Thanksgiving, but that's just I'm a nerd. But yeah, people watch <laughs> watch football. Uh when it comes to watch when it comes time to watch football, throw on your Colin Kaepernick jersey and or a Black Lives Matter t-shirt. Constantly say I'm only watching for the Nike commercials. I mean, I guess if you're constantly saying that, that it would be annoying. But I don't know that I notice what people wear or give a crap. But uh, I don't know what I guess. Again, passive aggressive, right? It's this weird passive aggressive yeah. like. It's, this is how to be the annoying family member that everyone will hate. Not yes. because they disagree with you, but just because you're an annoying little shit.
1: And only watching for the Nike commercials. This is this thing we've talked about before where for some reason SJW's for you know, for a, a portion of the left that claims to hate capitalism, they really love corporations. Any corporation that right. virtue signals for them, they're all on board. Like I had friends during the Super Bowl posting about how Procter and Gamble commercials made them cry because the Procter and Gamble commercials were, you know, something about social justice. It's like that's still a commercial, like for wow. a major company <laughs> why are you so emotionally it's like um hook line sinker whatever like they know exactly yeah. how to get this audience yeah
0: i mean it's so easy like i feel like if any i mean if any one of us wanted to get a like get support from from the people on the left it's so easy like it's so obvious what to say and how to say it and like the virtual it's just this you know
1: it's, it's emotionally manipulative
0: yeah i've got and it's i've got this um <laughs> I've got this ex-business uh, partner uh, in in adventure who he he does this like virtue signaling stuff on Facebook, but it's always so funny to me because he'll be like, he, he doesn't he ever read anything like he never knows anything other than whatever the CNN headline is right. So there's never any depth to anything, but mm-hmm. he'll like virtue signaling about how angry he is about something. I can't believe Trump, fuck Trump, whatever it is, some kind of fucking thing, right? Fucking Trump. <laughs> And I just think, like, I think he thinks that he's ballsy doing it, right? hes I think he thinks that he's like, look how much of a man I am. Like, uh, I'm standing up to the fuck that. It's like, actually, you're such a pussy. <laughs> like, that's not hard to say this. Like, when you say that stuff, everyone in the Bay Area will love you. It's not like yeah. it takes no courage to say it's, anything it's- like that.
1: It's the status quo. That's why, the, like the hashtag resistance, I I don't get it. I'm like, you guys aren't resisting anything. You you're marching in the streets for the status quo, right? And I don't think they, I mean, they definitely don't think that's what they're marching for. But um, but it just blows my mind because I, I feel like the media is very good and the um, my side, the left, is very good at pulling people's strings. Yeah. And and getting them to act as uh, foot soldiers for things they don't realize that they're even acting
0: for. I think conservatives are good at it in some mm-hmm. ways. I think they're good at like some some fear kind of thing. They're, they're good. At, and like some some some, patriot, like, some patriotism. Sometimes they're good at mm-hmm. it. But uh, but not like the media and the left. I mean, they are really they're much more masterful. Yeah. When the when the right does it, it tends to be very two dimensional and obvious. Like you, it's like, oh, yeah, that's like <laughs> there's nice job right it's like yeah yeah the american flag and the soldier with an arm, one arm missing or whatever. it's like okay you yeah, like I, mm-hmm. I get it it's very it's very obvious but i but the left does seem to be much better at telling stories and being subtle and like you know most of the most of the most of hollywood is is left so a lot of good writers and actors right. and producers and and people coming up with ideas so oh. yeah anyway the, the last one is remember who you are i mean <laughs> If you're going to forget who you are, that's a separate issue. But apparently, you need to remember who you are and that you're not alone. And this is my the other one. You're on the right side of history.
1: Oh, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. I know. That like that I, that's why I
0: read it for you, Carrie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the right side of history. That's so arrogant. You don't know what side of history you're on. Yeah. You think you you think you have the knowledge to be able to say, I'm on the right side of history? like That... We've talked about this before, but that it's it's opens up a huge blind spot. If you if you're so assured that you're a good person and you're on the right side of history, like you're not keeping an eye out for ways in which you might be a hypocrite, or ways in which you might be manipulated. You're being manipulated.
0: It, so the other thing that I just think is weird about it is like, I mean, yeah, like I, I agree with what you just said. I also just think like I don't really know what way things are going to go historically. I mean. Yeah, there's been like millennia of shit in history at times, and like, there's probably some guy who was on the wrong side of history, two thousand years ago, and then the, like the Dark Ages happened, and like, he was on the wrong side. Like, it was still good, but it was the wrong side of history. Like, right? He's lost you- now, right? It's-
1: and you can get people to go along, like large groups of people to go along with atrocities, and those people probably th- thought like you do. That they were on the right side of history. They probably had good justifications for what they were doing. Sure. Um, so I just that phrase, I see it all the time in the SJW left, and it's Yeah. It's, uh, I mean I Yes it's what I mean.
0: I feel like if if what they mean by the right side of history is like a benevolent universe perspective that things will work out and get better and like, you know, we will eventually end up in some sort of utopia, uh, then you're never on the right side if you're the one arguing for violence or shutting down free speech or being petty at Thanksgiving. Like, that's not – those things yeah. are not part of the right side of history. Those things are childish. Right. So
1: I'm on the right side of history so I can act like a petulant child right, and passive-aggressively try and piss off my relatives because I'm a sore loser and I don't really want to try and understand people who disagree with me better.
0: Right. So that's the other thing. None of these are even about um, not only are they not about having any kind of um, like meaningful exchange of ideas. They're also not even about arguing and making like points. It's not even like it's not like on the one hand. You know, really, you should sit down and like dig into the ideas and have have a meaningful discussion if you're going to talk about this stuff. Right. On the other hand. You could at least just say how to defeat them in arguments about stuff. Here's some like quick yeah, facts or things to like, you know, when they say this, you say whatever, right? It's not even that. It's not even like – dialogue is not part of this at all. I guess that's my point. Right. This is There's no dialogue here at all.
1: Well, and she did say she did title it "Tips for Trolling," so at least she's honest about this isn't about dialoguing. This is that's true. But it's bad. It's bad trolling, though. I don't. I don't think she knows her audience very well. If you think this is going to troll Trump voters, I think they would just find you kind of humorous if you did these things. I don't think they would get a, like triggered or offended or whatever it is that she's hoping for.
0: Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think so either. <laughs> All right. So thank you, Amanda um, DiBert. So. I guess the next thing we should talk about is this article. Where's that article, Carrie? um, About the the kid in the the teacher getting in trouble in school. Oh,
1: yes. So this is in the news lately, and I've been discussing it with a couple people. Um, It's about the well, the Daily Wire. Okay, their headline was: male gym teacher punished for refusing to oversee middle school girl get undressed in boys locker room. And so if you read through it it's about this middle school teacher that um who was told to su- supervise the boys locker room and he said he wasn't going to do it because the there's a trans boy, so a biological girl who is now wants to be considered a boy right. um who's going to be changing in the room with the boys and so he he didn't want to see a little girl get undressed. And because of that, he's been reprimanded. I think they told him that they were going to transfer him to another school um, or put him on administrative leave. Yep. And uh, and of course, this is a hot button topic. I think that you're going to start seeing a lot more cases like this. But in discussing it with some of my friends on in the SJW left, they took issue with the headline and they were saying the headline was a lie. And I'm like, which part of the headline is a lie? male gym teacher punished for refusing to oversee middle school girl get undressed in boys locker room is it that you don't believe he was punished because because administratively putting him on administrative leave that's punishment you yeah, know no, that, or to, or threatening him with that yep but what I what I think it is they they uh they view it as that's not a girl that's what they that's the part they view as a lie ah. so they say the headlines a lie because that's not a girl I'm like well here's the thing I don't mind using any, you know, someone's preferred pronouns if they, depending on who it is and how they ask and, and, you know, that's fine with me, but I also don't think you should force that teacher to bend the very fabric of reality and pretend like he's not watching a female child get undressed. Right. You can't expect him to stand there and be like, I'm not seeing a female child getting naked in front of me.
0: I'm seeing a boy child. Like, it's just. Well, see, and he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't, right? Because. If he if he did parents would find out and be livid and he would probably be called a uh, a sexual predator and be vilified for for going in there and watching her and obviously if he doesn't he's in trouble because he's not pretending that she's uh pretending that she's a boy you know I was um remember when we did this show with Mike Harlow uh, recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said he looked up like how many um, trans men have given birth or trans women or whatever. I think he looked – how many trans men have given birth, right? Um, yeah. In the UK. and What's... It was like a couple. And, uh, you know, I was reminded of that because I, I I was thinking like when people hear that, what they're thinking is, oh, we there was like some medical breakthrough and someone had a sex change – operation and like they're now able to give birth but that's not what is happening in these cases it's just a woman who identifies as a man gave birth like that's not that's not yeah. a story it's not special it's like you called yourself something different and gave birth and so this is the same kind of thing it's like she's calling herself something different but it doesn't eradicate the complexity of having the male teacher watcher and you know we can get into this this topic i We were talking, you know, earlier we were talking about what kind of things are kind of in the zeitgeist and that might be brought up by the, I just have this image in my head of the crazy SJW cousin or something that's going to come over. And so. At Thanksgiving. Yeah. uh, Although I happen to know that the Thanksgiving that I'll be going to, uh, I'm pretty sure no one will be (laughs) that cousin. Right. But uh, regardless, you know, I think the gender, the gender stuff's been in the news a lot lately. And I think it's worth diving into because I think it, that is one of those topics that will be discussed. And mm-hmm. so there's the gender issue. And up until now, we've been told primarily we've been told look, sex is, is distinct from gender, right And we even did a show about this, right Sex is distinct from right. gender. Uh, sex is male or female it's bio- sex is biological. It's male and female, right? So don't worry, we're not trying to redefine sex. We're just talking about gender. Gender is how you identify, right? that's the argument that we've been told, right? Right. And and of course, there's there's problems with that argument. Uh, generally, in that, uh, you know, where's the line between kind of how you identify and just random imagination? Like, I I identify as an empty room sometimes and a dragon. I think we talked about yeah. that kind of stuff. It's like, well, yes, you're very imaginative. I don't know if that is really identity, uh, and which may be a, a separate issue. And it, and that has all these problems that we're talking about now with it, where someone identifies as the opposite gender or whatever. But it's gotten even worse, and I, I want to talk about how it's gotten worse because I read this article the other day, and uh, even I was pretty surprised by by this. This article is it was in the New York Times, and it was it's by. Oh wait, I'm looking at the wrong article. This article was by um, what's her name, Doctor. It is in the New York Times. It is by Doctor. Ann Fausto Sterling. Okay. And the title of the article, and she's a, she, so she's a professor of biology and gender studies. Okay. Uh, which interesting. I I I bet she's more gender a professor studies. of gender studies <laughs> based yes. on this article, but nevertheless. The title of the article is, Why Sex is Not Binary, The Complexity is More Than Cultural. It's Biological, too. So now, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're entering the era where this idea is going to this idea is gonna start becoming mainstream as well. Not just that gender is separate and gender is the identity, but this is how she starts the article. Two sexes have never been enough to describe human variety. Not in biblical times and not now. And she goes through. Obviously, I'm not going to read the whole article, but she goes through, and she, the point she makes here is basically there are five layers of sex uh, mm-hmm. at birth that are present. This is what she calls them, and we're going to talk about what they are. The first one is the chromosomal layer. Right, this is whether you're XX or XY, um, or or potentially uh, an anomalous uh, mm-hmm. an anomalous combination. Now those chromosomes then lead to gonad development, and um, so which is your testes or your ovaries, right? So these are the organs that will produce the uh, the gametes or gametes or whatever, however it's pronounced. That uh, will when go on like the ones that aren't they're they reproductive cells, right? Without pairs, unpaired chromosomes, right? So um, so those so those chromosomes then lead to basically a reproduction of themselves, basically. That's the f- the first kind of step, right? Um, and then. Uh, those organs then lead to so that's the step number two is the gonadal uh, layer and then layer number three those then lead to uh, releasing of hormones which which produce uh, changes in your body and so that's your hormonal layer and then the the hormones uh, produce two things one is the internal reproductive organs like your like ovaries uh, or fallopian tubes or that kind of stuff and then and, and then your external genitalia. So those are f- those are layers four and five. Mm-hmm. And so um, her argument is that even when you're born, there are these five layers of sex. Because essentially the argument is that because one thing causes another and things can go wrong along the way, uh, there there's like a multitude. There's infinite gender or infinite sexes, I guess, is what she would have to argue, right? <laughs> And well, before I comment, like, how does this strike you? And because I, <laughs> I can spout on this, I, well, I
1: can. A, cu- a couple of things. It strikes me that a lot of people have been saying for a while now that they're the, the postmodernists, the Marxists, the S- people I call SJWs, that they're going to start going after the hard sciences. But the truth is they've already been going after the hard sciences. Right. So um, this isn't we're, – we're just starting to see it manifest now in articles like this in the New York Times. Um, but, it, but it's been happening for a while. And and this strikes me as someone who's already has a conclusion they want to reach, which is that biological sex is a social construct. And so then they're using um, language to work backwards and try and build an argument backwards yep. instead of – so, uh, what's socially constructed here is this woman's opinion. <laughs> yes, but I, I, uh, that is true. Uh, yeah, and I, I think um, they are at war with the very notion of truth, and the very notion of like facts, and like we've talked about this before, logic, and um, so it's necessary for them to break down. You, you know, at first it was well. Gender is a social construct, and now it's biological sex is a social construct, and it's necessary for them to attack it because I mean they're at, at the root of the postmodern like neo Marxist ideology is. It, I do believe it's this nihilism that we've talked about. Yeah, they don't really believe in anything.
0: No, and and I think this, and I'm not being hyperbolic when I say this. I think this mm-hmm. kind of quote science, um fundamentally leads to the destruction of concepts completely and which leads to the destruction of, of biology and science generally. Yeah. Um, it is, it's concept destruction and mm-hmm. she's relying on, frankly, I think she's relying partly on this kind of argument from authority. Well, I'm a prime, a professor of biology, so I can say this. Um, yes. and I think it's important for people to understand that just because she's a professor of biology, that doesn't allow her to violate The uh, the logic and and scientific method it doesn't allow her to to violate the kind of laws of inductive and deductive logic. Like you can still challenge her. And and an example I would give is you know if you're um, if someone says to you I'm gonna bake you a cake. It's gonna be a chocolate cake. Chocolate cake's your favorite, and you say okay great. And they they take this cake out of the oven and they they put the pan in front of you, and it's foul-smelling, it's like soup that smells like roadkill, and it's cold, and they say, here's my chocolate cake, and you say, that's not chocolate cake, they can't then (laughs) say, well, I'm a professional chef. Like, it doesn't matter whether they're a professional chef. It's still not chocolate cake, right? I mean, we've all been to restaurants where the food was horrible. Mm -hmm. Those people were professional chefs. And then we've all yes. been restaurants like where the food was great. So the fact that she's a, a professor in biology doesn't allow her to destroy concepts and undermine thinking. And yeah. and to, to this, this one to me is really important because, um, it really isn't. It's a blatant attack on conceptualization. So maybe we should like. I want, can I back up for a little bit and talk about just like sex, sex and humans, and and yes, you know. So we have and let's talk about the concept of induction. So philosophically, this concept of induction right is, the, the, is you, you look out at, the, at these instances in the world, right? And you need to categorize in order for humans to be able to think, they need to categorize things. and they need to understand, well, these are ducks and those are sharks and this is a boat. Mm-hmm. And they need to come up they need to come up with these concepts even and, and those are relatively simple concepts, right? The concept of a table or a chair. you know, I, if I show you something, that's a piece of furniture, you should you're – usually you're pretty quickly can figure out that that's a chair, even if you've never seen a chair exactly like that before, because what you've done since childhood is you've seen all these different types of furniture, and you've said, mm-hmm. okay, well, all of these things are similar in this way. But they're different from these other types of furniture in this way. Gee, they're different from tables in this way. And, you know, they're different from bookcases in that way, right? But they're all under this category of furniture, which is different than category of things or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And so you see similarities and differences. And you classify things. And you say, okay, well, now I have a concept for chair. And chair is this concept here. And these things fit into it. And the bookcase is over here. It's not part of chair. But they're all maybe in this greater category of furniture. Mm -hmm. And... Her argument amounts to – because there's edges to these categories where there's sometimes blurry lines, therefore the category is invalid, right? But you need the category to think conceptually. Like I might show you a table that transforms into a chair because it's for saving space if you have a really small apartment and like it – maybe it switches Mm -hmm. into a bed or whatever – and you, I might say, is it a table or, or a bed, Carrie? What is it? Or a chair or a right. bed, right? And if you say, well, gee, I'm not sure it has some attributes of a bed and it has some attributes of a chair, maybe it's both or maybe it's neither. I can't then say, aha, chairs don't exist. There is yes. no category of chairs, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> That's not true.
1: They're, it's not true. But they, they, I, they don't believe in they're basically saying that you're we're, we're not allowed to have conversations like this because we can't agree on uh on those categories we can't agree on whether or not the chair exists i, I don't know if i'm i'm not making myself clear um what they're trying to do is make it impossible to communicate with each other well so and, I, an and I think they're successful of, yeah they're they're very they're <laughs> So far they're proving very successful um so for example with the countless genders thing right like 72 genders or however an infinite number of it's genders infinite. Yeah. Infinite, infinite number of pronouns so um the idea that it is offensive to for me to look at you carter and to call you he right. is ridiculous because you've again i'm looking at you and you look like a chair and that's human nature is to sort things and to get, because we're, it's efficient. Well, it's not Um, just
0: efficient, it's it's required for our survival. Our brains require conceptual thought, which requires induction and categories. In fact, you can't write her article without accepting that words have meanings. It's not possible for her, her to write this article without words meaning something. And we can just use some random words that she's got in this article. She uses the words internal and external, right? Well, um, what about stuff on the border? Like, Mm -hmm. is that internal or external? I guess those words don't exist. But she, like, I I can't blow away the categories of internal and external simply because there's a boundary between them. Or sometimes there's diffusion and overlap. And, like, we don't Mm -hmm. know always that there's clear internal and external. It doesn't invalidate those concepts. And, And yet... So she's relying on on the solidity of concepts and, and the ability right. that concepts communicate a, a very a clear and understandable thing. She's relying on that to destroy concepts, which is yeah. which you can't do. So just I want to go through what the concepts are because I don't think everyone really understands some of this. Uh, at least maybe if you remember high school biology or junior high school biology. But, right, so humans – why are humans categorized as male and female generally? Well, uh, humans are sexually reproductive, right? This is how our species reproduces. So mm-hmm. in order to get genetic mixing, we have, you know, unpaired chromosome from one half, unpaired chromosome from the other person, and we get genetic mixing. And that enables us to evolve much more quickly than if we didn't have if sexual reproduction, if we had asexual reproduction. Now, that's fine, and we're also, as humans are also sexually dimorphic, which means uh, men and women have different characteristics um, that are uh, physically observable, not just you know, something beyond their, their sex organs. Um, and, and so that's what's, that's what's normally supposed to happen, right? And so it's valid in biology because you study reproduction, and when you're studying a species, okay, the male species have these characteristics, the females have these, they, get, they combine, this is what happened, this is, the, this is how you look, at, look for the dimorphism, all the things that she's talking about, her layers of sex at birth, mm-hmm. right? Chromosomal, gonadal, fetal, reproductive organs, internal, external. Those are all results of this, right? Those are all different. Those are differences between uh, between the sexes. Incidentally, it is funny to me that uh, the same people that make this argument also say that there's nothing different between men and women at all, uh, which is funny. <laughs> and she does also admit that hormones affect brain development, which... Means there's a difference in their brains between right. men and women. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> anyway, uh, so 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 this is what you have. But there are cases where errors are made, anomalies are made, right? Uh, a male is born with an extra X, or or more more than one extra X. And there's something called uh, Klinefelter syndrome, which yeah. is uh, one of the most uh, talked about and kind of common, where you get an extra X or extra two Xs or whatever. Now, she's kind of claiming that because Kleinfelter syndrome exists, first of all, it's called syndrome, which should give you an indication that it's an abnormality, but let's, let's back off that for a second. Mm-hmm. That's not a separate category of sex, kind of provably biologically, because people have little or no sperm, they're infertile. So that's not how it's- the species continues. <laughs> That is a mistake, it's not how, right? That is
1: an abnormality. But they, they are using the existence of abnormalities to try and destroy the category. So um, I right. think you were saying to me, which is true, it's, you know, some people are born with six fingers. Right. It doesn't mean that it, we don't teach our children that humans have six fingers on one hand. You know, it's not. Oh, a, we don't say they have a, an
0: arbitrary number of fingers because some people might right. be born with six and some people might lose a finger in an accident. <laughs> and like, who knows how many fingers humans have? Right. No, it's an
1: an infinite number of possibilities, Carter.
0: Yes. Right. (laughs) And, and if you, if you see what she's doing here, it becomes very obvious that she's just destroying concepts altogether. Right. And it doesn't mean that you're not ignoring the existence of people with anomalies, sexual anomalies, like extra X chromosomes or uh, different hormone balances than would be expected from their uh, chromosomal, um, makeup, right? Yeah, that thing, that stuff happens, absolutely. But it doesn't mean that the categories are invalid. It just means that biology is not perfect. Mm-hmm. It just means random stuff happens. Yes, it does. So, it's a really weird. Um, it's it's not weird. That's the wrong word. It's a dishonest evaluation of biology. She is using. She's relying on you to be afraid to question her because she is a professor of biology. She's relying on your reluctance to kind of argue with this. By She'll throw out like, well, there's chromosomal and gonadinal and fetal and blah, blah, blah. Really, one leads to another. It's like dominoes. She's like, well, this domino is supposed to fall over and hit this one and blah, blah, blah. And normally they either all fall over this way or they all fall over that way. But sometimes there's a mistake in between, and therefore there's more than two sides to dominoes, or you know right. whatever. And I think she's she's relying on kind of her authority and hoping that you are not willing to kind of see, question the fact that she's tearing down the walls between concepts. And I, honestly, I think it's it's really really dangerous. I think it will I destroy it, biology completely.
1: Oh, it will. And the and the other thing that this does is now this allows the foot soldiers of SJW ideology to go and find the article like this, that they can use when they talk to you, they appeal to authority. They're like, but this biologist says, right. And right. so now it's established in the New York times that this biologist says that there's no such thing as biological sex. Right. Um, and I, I find that in my conversations just with everyday people, I, I very frustrating that, um, when i try to talk with them about their opinions or 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 understand their thought process behind whatever opinion they hold they oftentimes can't explain themselves they would rather just give me someone else's op-ed right like read this op-ed okay i've read that person's op-ed what what are your thoughts
0: yeah (laughs) yeah and and i think there's a um this happens mostly with non-scientists so i think if you're an engineer or mm-hmm. uh, or a scientist, I think you have way less respect for scientists and engineers than if you're not, right? Because yeah. you're at, you work with people like that who make mistakes or let their opinions influence things all the time. But also you have a method for thinking that you're willing to apply and you're willing to say, well, I'm not a biologist, but mm-hmm. I understand concept formation and I understand logic and I understand induction and I, I know how to think and I've studied science generally, like I have a scientific background, so I can see that this is wrong. Yeah. I don't have to be a biologist. Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of PhDs in biology who will argue with her also, but you don't have to be, you don't have to be intimidated and say, well, this person's got a PhD in biology. Therefore, whatever she says is right. And that's not how science works. How science works right. is anyone can question it. Like, yeah. That's that's how science works. And
1: and you can point out i mean that's a fallacy too appeal to authority it's like of course that doesn't that doesn't make an argument right um they it's also funny to me that the same people who are see they're very happy to criticize science uh, and to say that science has been informed by bias and that science is a tool of the patriarchy and white supremacy and that science itself is you know flawed they're very happy to say those things except when they want to be right <laughs> except like with this woman it's like yeah. science is a tool of to the patriarchy but hey i'm a scientist trust me
0: yeah <laughs> no exactly exactly um and the fact that you're making gloves with five fingers is oppressive because science. Yeah,
1: you should be making an infinite number of fingered gloves <laughs> yes right so i saw um we'll, we'll just talk about how you know it's when i was saying like the categories it's efficient it's necessary as you said um, I've seen people in my social media feed now, professors and other, uh, not professors, but uh, people who work in like these Orwellian sounding uh, departments of, you know, bias and, and sure. um, non-bias and discrimination. I've seen them having discussions on Facebook, t- uh, trying to figure out how to uh, ask every student's pronoun without it taking so long. They're were, they were basically like... It takes the entire class just to get everyone's pronouns out and to everyone to introduce themselves. And I mean, I'm like, by
0: the time you get to the end, someone might have changed their pronoun because gender's is fluid. Right.
1: What are you doing? Just that's not a cl- like get to the material. I mean, this is not a medical school, too. It was taking me the whole hour because everyone has to go around and introduce themselves and explain their pronouns. What? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just I think- not efficient. It's not efficient. And it's and it's uh it's basically it's coddling i find it a lot of this is very like we've talked about it's very narcissistic this ideology i am a special unique snowflake i have a special unique uh gender expression and my biology is also in question you know like right
0: yeah no it's um, i mentioned it, it is inefficient but 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 i think it's actually uh it's actually very effective at what they're trying to do, which is getting back to the, this nihilism, and they're just trying to tear things down. And right, and you start with you start with things like this that are easy. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you give up on this, I mean, just an example: what's special about sex? Like nothing. So you could say this about anything. Like, well, I have cancer. That cancer is not bad. It's an identity. My body just is different. Like, so the cancer could be a thing. Stop trying to destroy cancer because it's just a different way of being, right? It's like, yeah. well, that's not a, you know, a- and you can say that about anything. Um, and I don't think it you really I... stops. And I'm not saying that these people need to be corrected if people have these anomalies. It's like sometimes it's fine and, that, and it doesn't hurt them at all. And they can live happy yeah. and productive lives and, and should be treated with respect just like everyone else. But, um, you know, I think the biological thing, the, the 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 scientific thing to do here is say there's men and there's women there's there's xx and there's xy and then there are cases of anomalies that fall into this category and it's a very small percentage it's like you know whatever it is 0.1% where mm-hmm. something happens and things don't all go the way that they're supposed to go and you're born with six fingers or you're missing a limb or you're attached to your twin or you have an extra x chromosome that shit happens right yeah, um,
1: well, they're starting to use the 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 language of that they've been using around the trans issue. They're starting to use it now for other uh, what they're calling like like transabled. So if you if you look up transabled, you'll find academics who are now using these same um, uh, arguments to to say that some people are born like their identity is that they're disabled, even though physically they're not. And so there are people who are getting like limb amputations so that they can be their true self, as because they identify as being differently abled even though they're not. And yeah. um, and if you think that that's science fiction and that's too far out there, like just look it up. There's there's there are professors who are talking about this as if as if it's not um, abnormal.
0: Yeah, you were telling me about this, and I was shocked i mean first of all i would have thought that the hippocratic oath would prevent a doctor from amputating someone's perfectly functioning limb but i i guess it doesn't Um, i don't i don't
1: know um i don't know well and speaking of that i i think you're i think in about 10 to 15 years we're going to start seeing a lot of medical malpractice lawsuits because of kids who are being able you're letting children decide if they're going to take uh body altering hormones And, you know, and we don't let kids get tattoos. We don't let kids, uh, drink, make other medical decisions for themselves
0: or drink or, you know,
1: wait. I I just feel like wait until you're 18 like
0: that. I would say wait. Even, I mean, I tell my, I've talked to my daughter about this, right? The female brain hmm. is she's female. So the female brain is done. Uh, it's not really done being developed until somewhere around the age of 24. So, oh, well, like wait. Right. Because because doing that hormonal treatment or making like decisions early that, that and having kind of either either surgery or hormone treatment, it's irreversible. Yeah, right? it's irreversible. And you're in the middle of developing. And the, the I, I think you're right. I think the consequences, we don't know what the consequences will be from doing some of this stuff for, for a 15 year old. And they're likely not good. And we're going to have to deal with them later. And it's all because young, we can't tell someone. Than- you know what? No. We can't tell anyone no.
1: Right. We can't say no. And but but yeah, I think that people are gonna start suing their parents as well because it's like, you know, sure. You're you're supposed to protect me as a child. Well, you and, can't
0: in some states. Uh, California, you can't. They don't need your permission to go get uh gender reassignment treatment. Well, as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Minors can do it without parents' permission. Yeah. Which is a reason to leave California if you're a parent. But, um, I mean, think about that. That's pretty horrible.
1: Yeah. It's, it's. I I don't, part of the reason why I think this is big, being, this is successful is that they couch all of this in compassion. They sell it as compassion. And so if you have disagreements about it, it's like uh, if you even have a discussion like we're having about it, well right. clearly you don't have compassion for people and you don't want to treat people fairly and you know you're a transphobe or you're what you whatever kind of right. bigot um, and so people are afraid to talk about it because they don't want to because people are compassionate and they do care and they don't right. want to be labeled as um being hateful or phobic or whatever and sure. i don't care you can call me whatever oh, you racist <laughs> yeah. bigot so, transphobe yeah. <laughs> i just figured mm-hmm. look if if so many people are afraid to talk about it because of those things then then it's even more important for me to say
0: things that you know to try and No absolutely. The truth. And speaking of Thanksgiving, because, when they bring oh, it yeah. up at the table, talk about it. And <laughs> you know what? I actually think, you know, there's this phrase I don't even know who coined it, but there was this phrase like tough love, right? Um Yeah. And and I don't even really like that concept, but there is this idea that like loving someone doesn't mean giving in to every whim that they have. And it doesn't mean withholding truth from them in an effort to mm-hmm. protect their feelings. So, you know, and, and any parent kind of knows this, right? If your kid comes to you and says like, Oh, I, you know, I really want to be a, a brilliant artist. And they show you a picture of their thing that they painted and it's atrocious. Right. <laughs> the the correct thing to do is to say, well, you need a lot of work. Like you're not there yet. I mean, I like, maybe i like how you use the color blue here but like it's you know you're you're pretty far along here's some books and you're not there right you're not there not to get don't give them a trophy yet right um (laughs) and and the reason for that is like you could destroy their lives by saying that is awesome you should be an artist right um because maybe they i mean some things are not trainable right i mean (laughs) some things are just like Maybe, maybe you shouldn't, or maybe a better example is, you know, I'm a short guy. Uh, if I had said like, Hey, mom and dad, look how, look, I'm playing basketball. Aren't I awesome? Right. First of all, I was horrible at basketball, even, even and being short. Right. So, so was I. <laughs> like, it would have been stupid for them to say like, great idea. You can make the NBA drop everything else you're doing and focus on basketball. That it would have been, it would have ruined my life. They had to say, you know, they would have had to say, look, first of all, let's just look at your genetics for a second. (laughs) Like, you're never going to be tall enough to even reach the bottom of the net on a good day with jumping. So, yeah, that's going to be a problem. You kind of suck at you have bad hand-eye coordination here. Um, It's really unlikely that you'll ever be in the NBA. You could be, I guess, maybe. uh, But all the signs are really pointing against it and it's not looking good. You know, why don't you go back to math? Because you were pretty good.
1: Right. <laughs> it's but we're so afraid of short-term hurting people's feelings that we don't look at the long-term how we could be hurting people right? because of the short-term. And we're so concerned with, I mean, this makes me think of a conversation I was having with friends this week about um, the different kinds of ways to speak truth with love. And one of those ways being corrective conversations with your friends and how often or how... how um Infrequently we like to have corrective conversations with our friends because right. you know, if your friend is engaging in behavior that's not good for their them and not good for their soul and not good for people who are their loved ones, it doesn't help them for you to help justify that behavior for them. No, it you're an enabler. Help, yeah, you're an enabler. And so um you know, the friends that I value the most are the ones who are not afraid to give me that corrective right. love, you know. And so
0: Of course. Yeah. Uh, that's why we have interventions. That's why if, like, Uncle Joe's an alcoholic, the family, you know, corners him someday, and they're like, look, cut it out, or we're out of your life. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're, they're trying to force him to be better. And, you know, obviously that's an extreme example, but, you know, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, uh, when you're at the table and this stuff is brought up, have those conversations, because the truth is uh, there is not biological... Uh, there's no biological justification for arguing that there's more than two sexes, other than saying there's two sexes and some anomalies. That's as far as biology will let you go, no matter who, matter mm. what professor writes in The New York Times otherwise. The fact that biology is complex and that one thing leads to another and things can go wrong, the fact that they, everything's not, uh, you know, super straightforward and sometimes things go wrong, that doesn't mean uh, that the concepts are invalid. And it doesn't mean that right. there's an infinite number of actual sexes. So in the spirit of Thanksgiving, there's one more thing I want to touch on kind of quickly here. Um, Cause I know we're, we're basically at our time, although this is kind of the Thanksgiving day special, so we can go as long as we want, really. But <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about the myth of the noble savage. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to go into detail about it, but there is this myth that the white Europeans came over to North America and they were unusually brutal and, you know, infected all the native population with smallpox intentionally by handing out smallpox blankets and murdered and enslaved people. And, and, and the people that were here were kind of this, Like tribes from Avatar, one with nature and never killing animals unless they were going to use all the parts of the animal and really needed it and living in peace and harmony. And it was the evil white oppressors that came over and and destroyed them all. And the smallpox blanket one is an easy one to uh, debunk. There was no germ theory at the time. Oh, really? Smallpox had, had, had devastated Europe. And yes, the native population caught smallpox from... Europeans, but no one knew why. Uh, And the Europeans caught diseases from the native population. No one Mm -hmm. knew why. There was no germ theory. So there was no intentional uh, attempt at genocide through handing out smallpox blankets, which is still like talked about on the left as a myth. Oh, well,
1: I still believe that until just now.
0: No, it was prior (laughs) to germ theory was not invented. No one knew why anything happened. It was just not true. Okay. Um, so that's just a myth. Uh, the other thing that you have to keep in mind is and, – and actually there's a book that I'm thinking – I haven't read this book, but I like – the title's interesting and I've read some articles on this subject. There's a book by a guy called George Feldman called Cannibalism, Headhunting, and Human Sacrifice in North America. It's, it's important to understand that until very recently in history, all societies conquered each other. That's what they did. They, they conquered people. They enslaved people. And that was not a – it wasn't a thing that the Europeans invented and did to others. The Native American tribes in the U.S. – or not the U.S. at the time – in North America – I mean, if you go down south, you, like, you get the Aztecs and the Incas and the Mayans. They all – human sacrifice, cannibalism, all this horrible crap. But even in, in the northern parts of America – they were constantly warring at each other, capturing slaves from other tribes, like forming alliances and then uh, you know, betraying each other. And they would go murder and capture each other. And there was a lot of headhunting and, and, and there was some human sacrifice and cannibalism. And so the idea that it was this kind of noble avatar, one with nature, peaceful society, and the evil white man came in and ruined it all is just false. It's a false narrative.
1: So, but your point is that it's not that the Europeans didn't do those things. It's just that the representation of Native American tribes is, is that is false. Well, I would say Europeans didn't, didn't invent this. Humans did. Is that what I mean? That's my main
0: point. It's like, I'm not, I'm not saying Europeans didn't do some horrible things. They did. They enslaved some people and they murdered some people. They didn't hand out smallpox blankets knowingly. So that's a myth, but they did do some things, but Those things were normal. That's how, like, conquest was how humans spread from one area to another. That's what they did. And the Native Americans, if they had the technology, they would have gone to Europe and conquered Europe. (laughs) Like, it was that was how they conquered each other in the same way. It just so happened that the Europeans came in and they were better conquerors. That's Mm -hmm. all. Um, They were better conquerors because they had better technology. Um, And as soon as the Iroquois got a hold of guns from the French, they went and slaughtered all their neighborhood tribes. Like, yeah, right. other neighboring tribes. Like, that's that's what they did. Violence is a human invention. Yes. It's not a European white male invention. It's a human invention. In fact, the only European invention is the concept of limited government and individual rights and freedom. Like, those are European inventions, right? But, and, and American. But um, it's not violence. And so don't let your Thanksgiving Day SJW cousin... Get away with this narrative of like the evil white man came and destroyed the peace loving Native Americans. Mm-hmm. That's just not true. Right. Like, th- th- they, there were no peace loving. I mean, I'm sure some were peace loving, but it was kind of the same conflict over this, the same way it's been for millennia. People conquering each other. There was some trade. Yeah. Like, sometimes they, they, people had truces and they got along and they bought Manhattan for whatever it was, like some. A few necklaces mm-hmm. or what I don't remember what they bought Manhattan for, but something super cheap. Yeah, sometimes they traded, and and on Thanksgiving, um, it looks like there was uh, obviously it's unclear, but it looks like there was some collaboration. It's hard because the Native Americans had no written history, so um, like the oral history is very very weak, and we, we don't really know. But yeah, they got along sometimes, sure. But this notion that it was like evil Europeans coming and conquering people is um and and that that was unusual and it's it's a it's a sin unique to europe is Mm -hmm. false that's all
1: i'd never really thought about that that way before because i have just thought yeah i just well i know there were certain native american tribes that let me back up i don't know (laughs) i have i believe there are some native american tribes who were uh very peaceful who who weren't warring with others, right? Like, Maybe. I don't know enough about
0: I, it's I, I don't know. It's not clear because they didn't have a written history. Um, so it's not super clear. And I'm not an expert here. But mm. there were plenty of warring tribes. And some things we do know about because Europeans wrote about them. So, for example, the Iroquois getting guns from the French and then going and slaughtering all their enemies and then slaughtering mm. the people they had allied with before because they didn't need them anymore because they slaughtered their enemies. Like, Yeah, that's the kind of shit that happened, right? And it's not good. It's gruesome and it's horrible, but that's how humans behaved. Um, Human history is pretty gruesome. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm not not excusing that kind of behavior. I'm just saying uh, you can't use it to paint this picture of, like, the evil white man. It's like, no, evil man and humans. Like, that's, (laughs) that's what humans do, right? And that's what they did. And someone... Invented this idea of like, hey, how about the non-aggression principle? Basically, someone was like, hey, how about we have like a an area of land where there's like rights, and we don't just conquer. And hmm, yeah, that that's a good idea. That's a new invention, and um, and it didn't come from the Native Americans. There's a great so so I don't. And know By the way, wait, I, 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 sorry, I, after I said that, I don't want to. We don't get. Uh, white people don't get to take credit for that. And white people don't get the guilt for doing any of those things because you and I weren't born. So right. I'm not saying like, yay us, because we did something. You and I didn't do shit, but we didn't do anything bad and we didn't do anything good back then. We weren't born, and that's what individualism means. It means not blaming you for any crimes or taking credit for accomplishments of your race because you didn't do them. Right. But sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, I didn't want to.
1: Oh, no, I was just going to say I read something about um, I think Martin Luther King wrote something about the principles of non-aggression. Um, and that was the first time I had read about those principles. It, I don't know if it was a speech he gave or he, but he like enumerated them. It's, and
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a the libertarians use this phrase non-aggression principle quite often. Right. Um, it's kind of the basis for a lot of libertarian Thought is is this idea that the 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 use of force is wrong. The use of the initiation of force is wrong in all cases, right? And that's kind of if you had to sum up like libertarian philosophy in one phrase, it would be it would probably be the non-aggression principle. It would be the use of the initiation of force is wrong in all cases, right? right? And some people obviously take that in different directions, and there's different interpretations of what that means, and people argue over it. But um, the, in general, that's kind of the, the libertarian philosophy. And the libertarian philosophy, just to be clear, is basically the philosophy that the country was founded on. Um, mm-hmm. Compared to conservative and liberal that we see today, um, the libertarians are much more in line with the founding fathers. That doesn't make them right. That would be an argument by authority, but that's uh, that's kind of what, what they are. So, Anyway, I just wanted to mention that. I'm going to go read this. Uh, well... It'll be at the bottom of my reading list because I have all three. But I am going to go read about this because I've always been curious. This book called Cannibalism, Head Hunting, and Human Sacrifice in North America. I'm curious about how much of it actually happened, how much of it didn't happen. Were there peaceful tribes who did nothing and and that kind of thing? Um, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's that, going to
1: be your holiday reading.
0: Maybe I, I still haven't finished Jordan Peterson and some other stuff. So um, yeah, I, I've I've got I've got some other stuff. Okay, so. Uh, and by the way, just just to be clear, um, Louis Pasteur uh, is the guy is the inventor of germ theory in 1860. So, um, okay. So yeah, I guess I guess that's how to spend your Thanksgiving. We like talk about the trans issue, talk about sex and and gender if it's brought up, um, and push back on this this narrative because um, they're destroying concepts.
1: And I would also say, for like, if you have family members or people at your thanksgiving who disagree with you that's a blessing because you have a chance to have interesting conversations with people and try and understand people who disagree with you a little better and and to try and articulate your beliefs and not be afraid of doing so but to articulate your beliefs not like that woman's article that we read like going in there passive aggressively trying to take digs at people right but just you know trying to um if you especially if you have relatives who are ideologues of any type who are really rigid you can sort of lead by example in the way that you interact with them even if they're horrible to talk to (laughs) you can treat them in a civil way and you can try you can at least try and have a real conversation with them and not just try to be right you know you know Um, sorry go ahead that's I'm I'm in the we're we're having our November civility dinner tonight. So I'm in oh, the awesome. mo- I'm in the mood of like, ah, talking with people you disagree with. No, it's with. good. It's
0: good. And 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 this yeah. is um I think if you if you if you switch to this mindset, which I'm about to describe it, it makes life a lot more fun and it makes conversation easier. Um I don't care if I'm right. I'm just really curious about the truth, right? And mm-hmm. that makes it um That makes it very different. So if you have these conversations, like I think I'm right about a bunch of stuff. We all do, right? But Mm -hmm. um, if you have conversations with someone that uh, you're worried, you know, it's easy to trigger them. If you say the wrong thing, they're going to go crazy. Or if you, you know, you don't want mashed potatoes thrown at your face at the table. Often just asking questions is really interesting. Like... Oh, why? Like, oh, where did you think that? Like, why did you think that? Well, what about this? Like, just asking questions can be really uh, revelatory. And sometimes it can lead to getting mashed potatoes thrown in your face anyway, um, because people <laughs> who don't have answers to those questions uh, can get pissed off that you're asking those questions. But yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty easy way. And if you're, if you're truly curious, um, you know, it can be fun to ask those questions. We were talking about... Uh, um, what were we talking about the other day with, uh, Oh, I don't remember. It had something to do with like asking, asking questions from someone from a, a very philosophic high level. Well,
1: one know. of one thing I've found too, is when you have conversations, people often have answers to why, like you can ask them, well, why do you believe that? And they, and people have a lot of whys. Sure. But if you ask them how, then you can sometimes see the programming
0: if they are an idlog like, stop oh like give me they an example that's it. interesting do you have an example
1: well yeah so like uh, uh why do you believe in open borders okay so they would probably have a lot of reasons i'm just picking something sure yeah that's a great one so then how would you implement that how would you suggest that we like how how would this work or um like the hate speech laws like do you mm. why do you believe there should be laws against hate speech yeah. So how would we determine what is hate speech? How? They don't, a lot of times don't have answers to how. Interesting. Because um, they haven't thought through it. And so they have their why's. Everybody has reasons for why they believe something. But if you, it, it's, it can be really interesting when you start to explore the how.
0: Yeah. I think that, that makes sense. And, and, and actually encouraging people to think in principle, it's helpful mm-hmm. as well. So if like, oh, we should, there should be a law for X, Y, Z or whatever. Um, kind of helping them identify, okay, well, what principle is that? And, like, what does that mean generally? Like, if that's the principle, then then it's, like, usually – because it usually it bleeds well beyond the, the narrow thing that they're thinking of, right? Oh, you shouldn't be allowed to say X, Y, Z. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So, like, what's the principle there? Like, you, the government should be able to what? Put you in jail? Well, no, just fine you. Okay, well, what if you don't pay your fine? Well, well then they have to put jail. you in jail. Okay, so, so eventually jail. they're putting you in jail, right? Like, okay <laughs> – so they put you in jail for for what did you do? You said you said what what thing did you say? Well, you said something that made this person upset. Okay, How do you know whether it was like legitimate yeah. or not? like how do you how do you define it, you know and you can kind of start going there's a famous um, I don't know famous. there's a common another kind of common libertarian um, argument style or argument tool maybe. Um, which is called the uh, I think Stefan Molyneux calls it "against me," but it predates him because I've I've used it and heard about it before I heard him talk about it. But um, but I like the way he describes it. It's this this "against me" argument where you can kind of say like, okay, um, instead of you know when people propose say a speech law or whatever, if it's a relative of yours or someone who cares about you, you can really start talking about. Well, let's imagine it's me that does like. What if I do X y and Z right mm-hmm. should I go to jail like should like showing them how like oh well let's take that principle and then let's apply that principle consistently and like so you really you're yeah, saying I that I should go to jail if I don't call that jerk that I don't like by the pronoun that he or she or Z said I should that day right is that what you're like I and like I, I should go to jail
1: practical like real examples
0: yeah Yeah. like really and real personal examples like oh are you saying that i should be forced to do this Mm -hmm. like oh so like if i don't do it you think i should like men with guns should come in here and drag me away is that because that's the logical conclusion to any government yeah or like that's what the government is it's men with guns um so oh
1: Oh, the doggies are telling me it's time to yeah i think uh, it is
0: i think it is time um (laughs) Oh no! <laughs> we should we should okay. wrap up and we should wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving, Carrie. Um, happy Thanksgiving to you.
1: Yeah, happy okay. Thanksgiving, Carter. Let the dogs happy do Thanksgiving, their thing. Guys.
0: Um, I'm
1: sorry, I've got a dog party to go. Yeah, go attention. go do
0: your dog party <laughs> and uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving. And we'll talk later. And happy Thanksgiving to everyone else. Okay. Um, thanks for joining Unsafe Space. Uh, thanks for being with us today. Uh, Have a great Thanksgiving yourself and I don't know, enjoy, enjoy arguing with your relatives. Enjoy. uh, Maybe think of some favorite thing that uh, Trump has done. If you really want to troll them, think of your favorite Trump accomplishment. Mine is that he, he issued an order uh, basically saying that two federal regulations have to be killed for every new federal regulation introduced, uh, which as a small government person. um, Yeah, I kind of, I kind of love that one. So um, anyway, do you have any favorites, Carrie or no? that trump has done you didn't you didn't prep for that because i didn't ask you so maybe Um, you can't think on the spot
1: no i mean that sounds good that sounds like a good thing to get rid of for every regulation get rid of two yeah uh yeah i think he's done you know it's surprising to me because i think he's done um let me just say this he hasn't done any of the catastrophic things that i was promised he was gonna do (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: so, so that's, that's enough yeah i'm like wait none of those things really happened he mostly guys- just tweets yeah.
0: things that imply them but doesn't actually yeah. do anything so yeah um, yeah so all right well have a good thanksgiving
1: okay i'll see you guys later all right take care, to take care of this doggy all right bye
0: bye everyone else happy thanksgiving and um yeah you can follow us at unsafe show on Twitter, you can go to unsafeshow.com. You can download podcasts on uh, you can look for Unsafe Space on your favorite podcast uh, app, and what Patreon.com/slash Unsafe Space. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you next time. Every Thursday at 11 a.m., the show Deprogrammed with Carrie. Bye, bye.